0: What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sap, it's fightful dot com. It is June twelfth. It's time for SmackDown. People got peed on tonight, Warren. Well,
2: I uh, people got thrown pee. Uh,
0: uh, I mean, here, like, here's the thing. Here's like the it thing. It wasn't. If it, pee it, ends up on me, I'm gonna say I got peed on.
2: Well, okay, but there, you know, we weren't in an R Kelly type situation tonight. There That's were. True. You know, pee was flung at, mm-hmm. as opposed to being peed on. I think there's, I think there's some semantics here that we have. I to mean, be sure,
0: there, there's some antics. I, I would agree with that. That if, if I were to look up and notice the stream of urine coming from, I don't know, a live one, so to speak, it would be a I, little bit different.
2: And then the question is, do you stand there and take it, or no. do you move? You know, like Zack Saber Junior. Telling us, you know, if you see someone moonsaulting off a balcony, just move, right? If yeah. you see the stream of urine, like, cascading through the air, do you stay there and like, ah, or do you move?
0: Man, uh, there's a lot to get into here, but.
2: <laughs> We've already started.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, here's the thing. I joked with you off the air last night. It was It was kind of supposed to be my night off. I did like an hour-long interview with Aiden English. So I've been transcribing that. I go out, and I get dinner, and then I get messages. WWE has replaced Paul Heyman with Bruce Pritchard. Ward backstage is is Heyman got scapegoated for the, the low viewership and all that, and I think it's kind of funny, Warren. Last year, Vince McMahon hired the head of WCW and ECW, and it's his own right-hand man that got brought in and has taken over the reins. Now, I've heard a lot about this. I, I think I talked to... Almost like 20, maybe maybe even two dozen WWE wrestlers that I heard back from and, and staff members, I should say. I know that, that Paul obviously has the rep, or the, the reputation of pushing the younger talent, and that seems to be the case. I mean, it ain't all unanimous here. I got plenty of people that said he wasn't always easy to work with. He was easy to talk to, maybe not easy to work with because what he said wouldn't always necessarily unfold. So I mean there there are people on both sides of the spectrum here, as will be the case in a move like this. but what were your reactions when you heard this because I know you talked about it a lot last night on on the Warren Hayes show
2: um yeah and by the way, thank you for sh- uh, dropping in by the way mm-hmm. uh, the, um, the 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 main gist of this is uh, is how how interesting it has been since Paul Heyman took over last year. He's effectively – it's been just about a year, right, that he, the, that he was put into the position as an executive producer. I don't remember what the title was exactly. Um, and how, how things have been attempted and tried. And we've ended up with a whole bunch of new people, new faces, getting some pushes – you can rest assured, and I'm just saying this like out of my gut feeling. I don't have the inside scoopsies. But you can rest assured that Drew McIntyre's main event push had a lot to do with Paul oh, Heyman. Oh, it, it did. Liv Morgan had a lot to do with Paul Heyman. Uh, Apollo Crews, uh, Cedric Alexander for what it was worth. I'm sure he fought for him. Uh, Aleister Black putting Asuka back into a prominent role. You look at the roster where they were today, where where they where they are today. The, the just the raw roster. It is a diverse roster in in uh, as far as what they're presenting on television. You've got people of all ethnicities getting all sorts of pushes, screen time. Maybe it's not our favorites all the time, but but you can't deny that there was an effort made to go in to go into this direction. And it's a shame that we're not giving it more time to get its sea legs, especially since a lot of the sea legs were cut because of COVID. And there's a lot yeah. of stuff that had to be rearranged. So I think it's, there's a level of there. there. It does feel like a lot of, uh, skate gopage <laughs> is state
0: gopish yeah, state
2: nunkishness. Rob Ronstrowski is behind some all ro- this. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes. um, but here's ultimately this is my this is my main takeaway Sean and, uh, uh, and uh, I'm going to give credit to uh, to Garrett Kidney over on Twitter uh, for this because it, incom- it it encompasses everything I think over the past 20 years in WWE it is the same circle of people who have always been in power and it, it there hasn't been any real movement there hasn't been any real refreshing change. I think it's one of the reasons why people think AEW feels so novel it's because we have new people with new ideas trying out different things and we're back to Bruce Pritchard back again to uh, you said Vince McMahon's right hand man I call him Vince's yes man mm-hmm. uh, back into uh, a, 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 another cycle of the same people who are who are in charge of the of the creative on raw when we should be trying like if as if i were a billion dollar company and my ratings were floundering and uh, tenants would be down and i'm not getting the demographics i want i at some point i i think i'd have enough self self awareness to be like hey you know what uh this isn't working we need to think outside of the box business as usual is not cutting it right you, you at least try because you have the the money and the, the prestige and the, uh, the the strength to try new things. They tried to a certain extent, but the formula is still there, and the formula is going to continue as long as it's always as long as they keep the same people uh,
0: in these positions of power. You got to give new people opportunities. When I want to freshen things up on the site, I try to try to have new voices on there. I'm like, hey, Warren, host a show. Alex, do your own show louie come on i had some conversations with with andrea hanks today i was like you know we i want different voices i want more voices because if you have the same thing over and over and over and over and over again well it might work but what if something else works better what if what if something else catches on what if something else is something that people like more and that's the thing. I. The raw roster was really diverse and I I'm never salty about getting scooped, but I had <laughs> I had heard the term the catering crew. And when I saw that Meltzer put it in the observer, I was like, God damn it. I wanted to put that <laughs> one on Select today. <laughs> that was the joke. And from what mm-hmm. I understand, that group of people, like it was an affectionate thing. Like they called Apollo Crews and Zelina and Andrade and aop and alistair the catering crew because they were all in catering in smackdown last year and now they're all if not heavily pushed significantly pushed and that ain't it i like even today after that story dropped i had probably about three people hit me up one of them wasn't keen on working with with paul and that uh that was put out there and i had one that was really not keen on working with Paul, and I'll have that story uh, over the weekend, but there <laughs> there were a couple of people that I was very surprised at, that they were like, yeah, he, he helps me out an awful lot, so even in this role, a polarizing figure, and he's going to be that. Now, probably the funniest thing about all this is WWE tweeting that he is going to focus on being an in-ring performer, so Malcolm Bivens might get that call up yet. He's going to manage Paul Heyman, who is only two years older than PCO right now. <laughs> and, I mean, and Paul Heyman has two functioning eyes. Imagine what he can do. PCO what- is blind in one. Damn, man. <laughs> so, I'm, oh my gosh, I've got so much stuff that I'm going to uncork on Fightful Select about this. I, like, I, there have been three instances over the past year where it's like everybody I reach out to gets back to me. There's the Hell in a Cell thing, the Tessa Blanchard thing, and this. And everybody has an opinion. Everybody has an opinion. Sure. And it is still very polarizing. There are some people that are very scared for their spots on Raw. And there are some people on SmackDown that are worried for their spots because they're afraid of burnout. They're afraid of a a lot of different things. But ultimately, we have to see how it unfolds. We don't know. I mean – Maybe Bruce Pritchard is some untapped well, not untapped, but some creative <laughs> genius that I don't know, but it, it was like a domino effect last night. Like I got I got calls about this, and then it was about something else. Then it was something in August. Then it was it was something about a developmental territory. Is it gonna get bought? Uh, then is Vince Russo coming back to impact? What the hell, man? Mm.
2: It yeah, was, was busy.
0: insane. Insane. FightfulSelect.com. That's the most direct way to support us, guys. But if you're watching live on YouTube, donate a Super Chat, any amount, get your question or statement read on the air. We have a ton of Super Chats. Uh, Warren and I will also make pretty quick uh, predictions later on. <sighs> Jamie Aguilar says, We all know Paul is a scapegoat, but everyone knows Vince is the reason for all the missteps. Is there no way to remove him from his position? Feels like he will be the downfall of WWE at this rate. I mean... <laughs> I don't know that Vince is the reason for all the missteps because I'm not back there working with Paul Heyman and Vince McMahon. Like for all I know, Paul Heyman could be the reason for all the missteps. I'm not I'm not back there hearing their ideas thrown around. But no, there is no way to remove Vince McMahon from his spot. That that is not going to happen. And really it's it's no surprise that he's going to be involved a little bit more eloquent says wwe promises a shake-up every two months it feels uh, you hey. might be I, I might promise you one in two months here in a while if i get the right people to talk to me uh then yeah 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 there, there's there's some rumors out there there's some rumors out there tim traver said i'm totally going to enjoy my weekend please stay safe fightful our boy throwback 27 who has a podcast on tuesdays check it out says SRS tweeted: If I was here to reach the ten count, I was not a Bengals fan. You're amazing. I hope you all are safe, happy, and having fun. I'm grateful to have you all around to show how positive as a community we can be. Thank you guys for all the help you've given me. Hey, we appreciate you. You've been nothing but positive in uh, me and Warren's experiences with you. Outside of the, you know, the whole existing as a Patriots fan thing, like that's the only <laughs> that's the only issue really. But Uh, Warren and I were actually singing your praises the other night, but, um, Warren. Yes. Yes, sir. Seamus wanted Jeff Hardy to take a drug test. A doctor comes out with him. Did they say his name on the air? Did they say? (laughs) No, they didn't, Sean. Okay. Okay. Well, I got the scoop there. Dr. Kirshenbaum was his name. I know this because I read the script directly to Warren and Alex before Wednesday Night War. I was able to salvage a little clip of it. Like a little clip of it recorded when because when, I hit the record button too early. Hopefully I can convert that. Ah, So a doctor comes out, with security guards, and a privacy curtain. And Seamus makes jokes about saying no. And happened just like they drew it up. You know... It's better to get pissed off than pissed on. And, um, Sheamus got piss thrown on him. Now, first off, a couple things. It's a lot of piss. Second off, Jeff Hardy's got to stop drinking Mountain Dew or whatever the hell it is. Or maybe drink something. Man looks dehydrated. Uh, the line drive says it's a young Dr. Kelso, as if. Whew. Uh heavy edits on the audio. It's so funny. They didn't edit out you got or, or it's better to get pissed off, but they did edit out then get pissed on, and then they edited out you got pissed on chance. Seamus <laughs> is backstage, gargling mouthwash, and a doctor comes in and is like, by the way, his test is negative. And this makes him puke even more like like this is the modern day warrior Papa Shango. But with piss instead of <laughs> voodoo. Well, I don't know voodoo, but I know how to piss. And then Jeff just throws it on him. That would have been a good line too. Man, this is the... When Sheamus came back, I, I mean, this was the playbook that we drew up. Seamus does some stuff. He's, oh, 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 well, fella, oh, 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 look at me. I'm so big and surly. And then he gets punched in the face, and he's like, I'm the angry bully. I got punched in the mouth. Okay. He was so ridiculous, but if I just, just say something, I don't. Here we go. So
2: I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to set aside, cause all of your are, are regular listeners, watchers. You know how I feel about Jeff Hardy, uh, using Jeff, Jeff Hardy's intoxication, uh, his, uh, his addictions in this circumstance. You guys know by now how I feel about that. So that's good. I want to, I want to appeal to another, uh, to another level of thought here. I want to ask this flat, simple question. To anyone listening right now, did this segment make you want to watch this match more on Sunday? Did it make you hype to watch <laughs> Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus on Sunday? Because let us not forget the principle, the basic principle of professional wrestling as it has been for the past 20 to 30 years. Sean Ross Sapp, viewers at home. Your television is meant to get you to watch the big show, to pay money to watch the big event, the supercard, the pay-per-view, whatever you want to call it. Now, did all these shenanigans, these antics, this tossing of urine by grown adults in a ring, did that make you say, by God, man, this is put it over the top. I cannot wait for backlash. Not only. Am I getting the greatest match of all time? But I'm also getting Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus with, by God, it just, woo! I honestly am asking this, I'm goofing a bit, but I am asking this sincerely. Because I don't know who is like, this is is a good move for the feud. I don't know who's saying this. I really and honestly don't. I sometimes wish, Sean, in these types of circumstances, that pay-per-views, we out of the network and that yeah. we did have to pony up the cash to right. watch it because we have no idea. WWE doesn't release the numbers on the network. We don't know how many people are watching the pay-per-views. They know, but we don't. I would love to know what kind of buy rate this would generate <laughs> because this was horrible yeah. and it was boring. My second point and We've talked about it, and this is giving us. Check this out. We're gonna we're gonna come out of here patting each other on our backs here, Sean. Look, Seamus is supposed to be a heel. He's they're building him up as a heel. And do this mental exercise for me: substitute Seamus and put Baron Corbin in the same role, and you've got two identical heels, two same. Identical guys, G- uh, m- mean old nasty heels who come out, talk a lot of stuff, uh, make a, uh, make the these wild, large declarations, you're a junkie, and then, and then end up in these goofy scenarios where they're mugging for the camera and you know trying to be smarmy and stupid. And then something ridiculous happens to them, and then they're going, whoa, whoa instead of being a heel a good old fashioned professional wrestling heel and get angry and want to beat people up we have currently on smackdown two baron Corbin's. this is exactly what happened what's happening again so right now and i we i'm continuing down this road i had hope for what they were trying to do with sheamus but at this point They're just turning him into another Baron Corbin. He's essentially becoming another Baron Corbin. So I hope that everyone out there who says that Baron Corbin is the best heel in WWE, I hope now you realize that he has competition. And I want to see a civil war (laughs) within all of you right now between Sheamus and Baron Corbin because they're on the same level, same, same playing field.
0: Oh, boy. There are a lot of super chats about this, maybe more than I've ever seen. Uh, by the way, Sheamus attacked Jeff Hardy because uh, why not? I mean, he, he got pissed on. So, But it, the thing is— He got thrown. He got pissed thrown it, at him. It, it got, but, I mean, the thing is— Semantics. Semantics Jeff, are Jeff said that he got pissed on. But, I mean, the thing is, Sheamus <laughs> did get pissed off as well. So, I mean— Hannah Moore uh, says money for Jeff's incoming UTI. <laughs> oh. Stay up and keep it up. Said, how did the doctor get the sample when Jeffrey tossed the piss on him? Know, maybe he, he salvaged some of it. He had a little extra. about co- no, the to piss. Be fair,
2: to, be fair, to be fair, he wa- he had like a little swab in there, right? Uh, because that's how you do piss tests, right? With okay. a little swab, just like COVID. It's the same thing.
0: Evan says, why was he de- so dehydrated but full de- filled the pitcher full of it? Sucks, the great match will be overshadowed by the awful first segment. Well, I assume he's de- dehydrated because of the color of the piss. Like, he's got kidney fibers and shit breaking down and going in there at this point. He looks like Davari. after Davari said that Rob Conway and Chris Benoit made him do 500 Hindu squats with him. He said that he pissed out like a Dr. Pepper color after that. Wild Boy, our dude, awesome. So glad to see him. He hey. says, thank you for both reaching out, watching the podcast, and you guys making me laugh. Helps my depression. Thank you. I'd say you being Ted DiBiase now helps with your depression, too. I hear about your money bags. I see you <laughs> popping up. About to pay pay some kid to dribble a basketball and kiss your feet. I know what you're doing. Patel Ron 6 says, the doctor stands next to you and peeing in a cup. SMH. That's what you got to do when the piss test guy comes. Poor uh, Liam Moore says, "Poor Sheamus, his skin must be burning after that." I get the feeling that even with the house lights, Seamus' skin is burning after anything. But now he had to like bake that onto his pure white skin, right? And then he probably
2: needs like a like you know one of these UV lights you know that they use uh, like in hotel rooms and stuff just to make sure he got it all off him. But then it's he'll probably get like a like a third degree sunburn. Yeah.
0: Liam Moore says this segment is for the SRS file. And listen, you boy. Oh, there's one locally that's going to be on the SRS file, and I, I don't want to say I have a personal connection with it, but it's insane this story. But I kind of do have a personal connection with it. Charlie Wolf says, golden showers aren't FCC kosher, pal. Apparently not. Apparently ta- apparently they're FCC kosher, but talking about them are not. Because they didn't censor out the act of heaving the piss. They censored the, the reference of it afterwards.
2: Oh. Well, it's like a couple of weeks ago. You know what I learned? I learned that you can say, you can say ass on, on TV. That's okay. But you can't refer to... Inserting something into someone's ass. Wow so, so that, that's why Chris Jericho got bleeped when he, when he was calling out Mike Tyson and got Orange Cassidy, and stuff, instead he said something like, you know, yeah, you ass come out here, and I'll you know I'll take your head Drop and it shove it straight a- up yeah. your ass." and then that got bleeped. Because you can't refer to actually inserting something into someone's behind.
0: I, I got to say, I, I'm i pretty happy with channels like AMC and USA letting the F-bomb fly sometime these days. Sure. Because they're not beholden to the FCC regulations or anything like that. So I, I really dig that. Patelron6 says if Jeff Hardy threw that at Jake Roberts, he would open wide. Oh. <laughs> Woo boy. Woo boy. Ah. Oh. Throwback 27. Check out his podcast on Tuesday. says, better to be pissed on than pissed off. I guess Seamus' pride is just passing through his system like a kidney stone. <laughs> oh, it was a pain. It was painful to watch him taking it. Seen the photo just now. I had kidney stones when I was younger. And, I mean, ten years ago I had them. And it was the most extreme pain I've ever felt. I've, I've dealt with a lot of crazy, weird, random injuries in my day. That is the most painful thing I've ever experienced. And Warren, at the time, I was working at a GNC. And my manager said, sorry, you can't leave work. Turn the be back in 15 minutes sign around and just lock the door. It was a lot longer than 15 minutes, Warren. That, I assure you, I was curled up in a ball. I hope nobody gets kidney stones. Sucks. Throwback 27, check out his podcast on Tuesdays, says... With Heyman being a talent, could this mean they're bringing, or breaking the safety glass to rush Brock back? Is this a reaction or just a Band-Aid? I, well, I don't think one has anything to do with the other. Uh, and there was a question where, um, where Pass It To DJ says, would Paul still be around at all if Brock wasn't signed? I don't think so. I don't think he would. I think they'd be content. Okay, well, I take that back. I think that he would because AEW's around. I think that's yeah. why he would. I don't think it has as much to do with Brock as it does that he would go somewhere else. But I, I do think that Brock will probably be back in time for SummerSlam. He clearly has no problem wrestling in front of no fans. He just wants to get his paycheck, worn.
2: Sure, I agree. Um, uh, maybe they will break the glass because you really did feel that they were angling towards something with Jinder Mahal in regards to Drew uh, and um, – you know, I it, it's a good story to have Brock come back and challenge back for his title, and it'll be interesting. Uh, maybe it's a little too soon, but I think you know there's really no one else that they could immediately turn to that would have a really good story. Maybe outside of Kevin Owens, though, that'd be that'd be fun. You kidding me? Drew McIntyre versus Kevin Owens, that'd be great. Um, but yeah, as far as Paul Heyman, yeah, and the, <laughs> no, no one in WWE would want to see him pop up on AEW. That's and then the could thing. you imagine? People in AEW going, oh my god, they just hired Heyman. You yeah. know, it's like, ooh, it's a whole other can of worms you're opening up there.
0: Like, even if he wasn't in a in a uh, creative role, just a consultant role, he's one of those guys that would be very, very valuable sure. in that regard. I, and I don't know if he's rubbed anybody there the wrong way. Who knows. Uh, this booking rubbed me the wrong way. The Artist Collective defeated New Day, so you know you know what's happening. They're getting a title match this Sunday. So when we make our predictions, Warren, we're predicting this match, even though sure. I don't think it's been announced.
2: No, it hasn't been announced. And
0: um, I, I will say, I like the finish. I like the knees up, roll somebody up finish. But I don't like oh, beat the champions, get a title shot. Hey, well, I mean, th- I think anyone
2: with half a brain who's been paying attention for the past X number of months could call the finish to this once the match started. Oh, it's mm-hmm. an on-title match. Oh, okay, well, the the challengers are going to win this one for sure. That's, that's always how it goes, and it's so, so lazy and so boring, and it's crazy because just a couple of months ago, Sean, not all that long ago, Elimination Chamber era, we were talking about how great the tag team division on SmackDown yeah. was getting uh, with the New Day and the uh, Forgotten Sons, Jackson Riker talk uh, aside, uh, uh, and you know they were giving a sh- uh, um, um, Morrison and, and Miz who are doing great work. They were giving some shine to Lucha House Party, and a lot of people were warming up to Lucha House Party. Like, my God, these guys can go! And he said, yeah, of course they could go. And this is this is all we're getting—just these throwaway matches. Blech.
0: Blech. And I'll have more on the Forgotten Sons. But my thing is, I do not personally, I do not think it's a coincidence that they haven't had. Their segments for two weeks. But if if it is a punishment, then here's the thing. Have the artist collective beat them and then say, you know what? They just beat the Forgotten Sons. They're getting a tag team title shot on Sunday. Instead of beating your champions. Mm-hmm. It's so weird. Or have them beat Lucha House Party. Have them beat somebody else besides the champion. Wild Boy said, Did Shinsuke hit a laying down Kinshasa? I think so. I um, think. <laughs> yeah. He's been doing some cool stuff lately. He's one I want to see in the fight pit eventually.
2: Oh, God, yes. Are you kidding me? And just uh, to cap it all off, of course, I think we all noticed Kofi and Big E uh, taking the knee as they were coming into to the ring as well. That was a cool moment. Again, it's the kind of Love thing we, we we mentioned it, Alex and I, on, on Sunday uh, when Keith Lee came in with the Black Lives Matter uh, on his gear, and now WWE letting this happen. You know, WWE is notorious to not letting the outside world influence what's going on in, in, indoors, basically. So I thought this was a nice touching uh, as well, sort of like uh, just at least let us know that we know what's going on. Hey, you know what? <laughs> and if you want the Forgotten Sons to, to get punished... Let the New Day have a little well, – uh, some should, time with them in the ring. I
0: should specify it seems as if Blake and Cutler went out of their way to separate themselves from what Riker Which put is out smart. there. Yeah, yes. very smart. Very smart. And the thing is, people I talk to have said that Riker is a very respectful guy backstage, and they wouldn't have expected that. And the thing is, it's – you can disagree with the politics and all that stuff of it. It was tone deaf, and it was insensitive considering the situation. He's okay. allowed to pick his political candidate, but – yeah, it was. But as for the Black Lives Matter stuff, I've heard it wasn't as clear-cut as just bam, they get to do it. But I heard that Triple H was also instrumental in allowing or helping that go through. Good. And here's the thing. What are you going to do? Tell New Day they can't. Good luck, buddy. Because you, you ain't firing either one of them. You ain't never going to fire either one of them. And if you do for that, Good luck with Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Damn. The Line Drive says, I don't blame this thrown-together tag team title match on WWE. I blame it on Riker being an idiot with a week's worth of tapings left before backlash. No, I do blame WWE, because the Lucha House Party are there. There are other teams. They could have thrown two people together. Uh, Heavy Machinery was on the show later. I mean, Miz and Morrison aren't, aren't doing... The tag team division stuff but they're there there are other people they could put two people together and do a tag match there so I do blame it on WWE people should not let them off the hook there Rob Wilkins says you know what 50 cent did when he got hungry 58 god damn it (laughs) Rafael Garcia says are the forgotten sons forgotten I hope so Uh, I have uh, that's him saying I hope so I'll have more on this on select I heard that there was a they didn't meet with somebody backstage, but I'm working on getting some more information on that throwback. 27 says kidney stones are not as bad as getting gallstones. They make you want to die since there's Jesus nowhere Lord. to go. I have not had those. And I am so glad he says that he's had both, but gallstones are the worst. The, no, thanks, man. The conversations tonight. I know, right? Jeez, it's all urinary be- tract based, uh, bladder based, <laughs> I mean, is it that different than what we usually do? Not really.
2: No, come to think of it.
0: Charlie Wolf says, Why did Bruce previously think he was too far gone to be brought back, and how did he get back into such a position so fast? We hear the yes-man parts of it, but I was curious if there was anything else. Yeah, I'm not a big Cornette guy, but I thought Cornette's explanation of why Pritchard would thrive is good. It's like – it's like – Vince McMahon speaks another language, and Bruce Prichard is the only interpreter around that can properly convey what Vince wants to other people. Uh, As far as to how he got back to that spot so fast, well, he didn't get there so fast. He had a successful podcast, and WWE said, damn, he's doing something without us? Well, now we want him back. That's usually how it happens. But he thought he was too far gone to be brought back because they didn't touch him for eight years. I mean, longer than that, they didn't touch him for 10 years. It's wild how that works. Evan Wright says, and if you're in trouble when it comes to the bedroom, oh. I also had a super chat about a Bluetooth segue. I mean, honestly, right now we're rocking it so hard with the super chats, I don't even need to run a, a Bluetooth <laughs> plug on this show. I mean, so you all worked yourselves into a shoot, brother, on that one. <laughs> But then we get it. AJ Styles defeated Daniel Bryan to win the uh. vacant Intercontinental title. And I had heard this match ruled. Warren, it did rule. Uh, like four or five commercial breaks. So on my match ratings that I post, I gave this an 8 out of 10. It probably would have hit 9 if this didn't have commercials. Because unfortunately, I missed 40% of the match, Warren.
2: Yeah, that's the problem. And and I tweeted out. I said, if WWE wants to do right by their fans, they're going to give the full uncut Styles Brian match on the network. And they're just going to put it up there as extra content so that we can see the whole thing unedited, uncut. And let's be honest, Sean. How stupid is it to cut your matches, like keep some footage off of the
0: matches because of commercials when your matches are taped? And, and yeah, like, that's that's dumb. And when they upload this stuff to the network... Why are they uploading it with the commercial breaks removed? That is so dumb. That should be one of the hooks for the network is see this stuff interrupted. All that stuff that you missed during the commercials, check it out. Now, granted, on a couple SmackDowns, you would have had people doing the hokey pokey and stuff because they didn't know what to do yet in this no crowd environment. But now there's a bit of a crowd. This, Go ahead. No, no, but but I
2: want like I wanted to get back into the match because yeah, you oh, know it's yeah, a bit, yeah. it's, a, it's a bit of an aside, you know it's like, but yes, I the, I feel the commercials did hamper the overall enjoyment right. of the match because everything was so seamless. This is see, I even tweet I I said it on Twitter. This is the kind of match that Gordon Soley would refer to when he talk about the human game of chess. Yeah, this is exactly it. Everything in this match was about. Two guys, two even guys, who, who veterans who have been wrestling for years and who know enough about each other to to try and get the best to to overcome the other guy and going after everything they could in their arsenal to do it. Uh, I and it, it was as simple as when they started uh, with uh, when they started picking uh, picking each other apart at first. You know, with Daniel Bryan uh, working AJ's legs and Styles working uh, Bryan's arms, everything meant something in this match. There was nothing wasted, nothing that was thrown away, nothing that was like, hey, we need to do a spot here, you know, because you do get that sometimes in wrestling matches. We need to do something here, but everything
3: just flowed and it crescendoed.
0: everything just rose and it was amazing a good wrestling match is like a good tv show to me in in that sense too when you like breaking bad didn't have any wasted movement like almost everything mattered everything that's mattered brian got his leg worked over uh then he he stretched out aj really well they -hmm. both went for high impact stuff like suicide dives and drop kicks early but brian got his leg worked over that tree of woe looked so awesome uh, there was the Super Hurricane Rana that Brian did, uh, the the Suicide Dive to the Kick on AJ, really good, uh, the Calf Crusher, the Styles Clash Counter. Then there was the, like they traded suplexes, so to speak, because th- th- they went from Brian Bell-, Bell, Brian Belly to Back Superplex, Styles brain Buster, and then Brian went oh, to yeah. the Germans. And then one of the best goddamn Styles clash counters I've ever seen because or, or the best counters into one. Brian goes for that running knee and Styles just turns it into one and wins with a phenomenal forearm. this was amazing
2: Warren it ruled it was really really a good match as it stands right now, it's probably my favorite match in WWE this year so far uh, I I especially I popped. When Daniel Bryan caught the Pele kick, the second one that Styles did, it, I just popped. I was like, "Oh, this is great!" And I don't want to come out here sounding like a traditionalist because I'm not. I'm. A, I, I. I like to think. Uh, I. I. I like when the business moves forward, and I understand how wrestling evolves. And there's a lot of stuff that doesn't bother me. But you know, the spots that we were calling here, the big spots, the 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 super uh the, the 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 superplex the super uh, belly yeah. to back suplex the hurricane rana Sean these were the high spots
0: I know. I
2: know and these and see these are usually typically these days these are transitional moves but it took Brian three times to climb up to that goddamn top turnbuckle to do the super belly to back it took him three times to do it so you know we didn't have you know, corkscrew Canadian drivers off the top turnbuckle to the floor through a table, you know, to get us to pop. And like I said, I like that kind of stuff and I understand how how important it is in the business. But what we got here tonight was a story of two wrestlers telling us – giving us a wrestling match. And the spots, when they hit, they all mattered because the drama – was built that way. Of course they had time. I, I understand the nature of the crazy ass high spot because if you have ten minutes to put on a show and to get the audience to pop for you, you have to bring out the, you have to bring out the amazing stuff fairly quickly. but in this case they had like I don't know what 25, 30 minutes and they had all the time in the world to tell this story and it was riveting, it was great. My God, man, this was a treat. SmackDown has been giving us
0: absolute treats over the past couple of weeks. Yeah. This was good, good stuff. Pass it to DJ says Should Brian and AJ been the main event? Yes, there was no reason it shouldn't have been the main event. No reason. No reason. Uh, Azo Smith says Do you think that Brian versus Styles wasn't put on backlash because this match would have overshadowed the greatest wrestling match ever? Yes. I think this 100% I had friends saying, you know, the
2: our backlash is going to be a tough sell, you know, because it's still living in the shadow of uh,
0: of another takeover. It's like it's
2: living in the shadow oh, of this yeah. match tonight. Just one yeah. match.
0: It's living in the shadow of a guy getting pissed on a piss thrown on him. Sorry, Warren. The co- the piss connoisseur over here, the piss tossing connoisseur. Pro WrestlingTees.com probably. Warren Hayes, check it out.
1: Uh, <laughs>
0: uh, and and I, I, obviously, I would like to be able to give you all a more established or a more intricate answer for, for your Super Chats, but, I mean, sometimes it's just, yeah, I think it is. Uh, Avery Dunn says, AJ versus Brian should have main-evented backlash. The IC title would be elevated significantly, main-eventing a pay-per-view, and the commercials were beyond frustrating. I don't disagree with any of that because, quite frankly, I don't think they should be doing the greatest wrestling match ever. Admittedly, it has created a lot more hype for Edge and Orton than would have been there. But mm-hmm. if you want to main event that show with this, then, yeah, I think it would have accomplished the things that Avery said, Warren. I agree. Uh, the um, uh, I, uh,
2: As far as it elevating the title more, pay-per-view or not, when you get a kind of – when you get a quality match like we got tonight, and it – I don't – I don't think the pay-per-view would have made it better or worse. I think this is a memorable match regardless. Either way you – either way you, uh, you slice it, this elevated the title in and about itself. And when you think about it, when you think that the IC title is essentially the workhorse belt, it's essentially the title that should be defended on TV every week or every other week. It's the TV title essentially – um, and it made sense for it to be to be a big deal on TV because that's where that's where it's supposed to be as far as big deals go. So uh, but I do get your point uh, yeah. and um, I, I do get the point. Sure, it would have been great on pay-per-view. Are you kidding me? It would have been fantastic, but it was fantastic tonight. And I really, really hope that WWE gives, a, gives us the uncut version. I really do.
0: We have a couple of Super Chats that kind of go together. Good Guy Throwback 27, check out his podcast on Tuesday, says this is for Anakin JMT, our friend who had his identity stolen. He says I'm oh, covering the nice. cost for him because he's a good guy that he is. He says his question is, does Brian and Styles beat Drew Rollins for WWE main roster match of the year? And then we got a Super Chat that kind of goes with that where Evan Wright says match of the year for WWE. You've got Okada Ibushi, the Revolution Tag, and Hiromu and Osprey that were better for me. But this match was so good by WWE main roster standards. That Rollins and Drew match was so good. I think the fact that it didn't have commercials may have made it better for me. But if I saw this match without commercials, it's it's not a fair comparison. It's almost like I have to say best best cable or best televised match and best pay-per-view match of the year. But how are you feeling, Warren? Uh, uh, Brian and Styles is my
2: favorite WWE match so far this year. Uh, I-, I liked it even better than um, I-, I-, I liked it better than Drew Rollins. I liked it better than Charlotte and Rhea at WrestleMania. I even liked it better than and this is um, uh, was pointed out on Twitter to me. Uh, I even liked it better than uh, Undisputed Air versus Imperium at Worlds Collide. And that was a banger in and about itself, too.
0: Throwback 27 says, from what I get, AJ and Brian was amazing. Which match was better, AJ versus Brian or Thatcher versus Riddle? Ooh, man. You're, that's a tough one for me. It's not a tough one. I'm saying Riddle versus Thatcher because that's that's my shit, man. When I was <laughs> trained, they we were trained, learn how to work without the ropes just in case you don't have them to work with. And I've, I'm always going to have a soft spot for matches like that. So I'll sure. say that. But Brian and AJ, if somebody said that, I'd be like, yeah, completely. I understand that. Um,
2: I, I'm still going with Brian, <laughs> Brian and, 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 and and Styles. Uh, and as much as I love the fight pit, give me more fight pit. Yeah. I want to be on a podcast where all we need to say for four hours is, Fight pit, yeah. Uh, it, it was it was great, and I think the novelty of it was fantastic. And 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 Thatcher and Riddle were amazing together. There was there's just something very pure about the match we saw tonight. There was just something something pure about it. So.
0: Well, it yeah. definitely wasn't Jeff Hardy's urine because that is that is the most some of the most disgusting urine I've ever seen in my life. Oh, Jonathan Grayson says hate when real life actions of wrestlers like AJ make me feel bad for enjoying his win in the ring. Black Lives Matter. You guys make SmackDown bearable. Did you see Randy Orton just brutalize him on the Graves podcast about being a flat earther? No, I didn't. Oh. Seen no, I didn't see that quote particularly. Oh, my God. He was like – I know a lot of people think it's a rib. It's not. He thinks the earth is flat. He <laughs> – Randy Orton is so goddamn hilarious. And of all the people he name-dropped on that podcast, RJ City. What? He talked about how hilarious RJ City was. He goes, "Never seen him wrestle, hilarious kid," which I mean, <laughs> let's be real. Common theme with RJ City. <laughs> Pretty much, the I, the, the cinematic I, match that I film with RJ City might be the first match of RJ City's that I see, and I was literally on a stream two weeks ago that aired an RJ City match. <laughs> the I, I also liked
2: uh, uh, Orton on um, uh, on uh, Graves's podcast when he was talking about when, when he when he was talking about the plane when when he got uh, when he went on social media and took a picture of him like singing an airplane aisle and saying. I just bought myself a plane and then social media exploded and he was saying I started getting texts from about a dozen guys and I got one from the Undertaker <laughs> saying yes. basically congratulations and he's like, Look, I mean, if there's one guy that I thought would have seen through this, it was
0: takers, so I was like, Okay. Oh man. Eloquent says, I miss Shinsuke's old entrance. I do too. I think there's still room for a top run for him as a babyface, but I don't know if it's if it's and there. It's Petalrone 6 says, I'm a Louis Dangor. She'll catch Louis Dangor with SRS after Backlash and on Wednesdays after AEW NXT. Pay him well, SRS. Pay him well. Well, I mean, to be quite honest with you, he offered himself up as effectively an intern. He's on excursion from WrestleTalk. And I mean, let's be real. WrestleTalk should pay him because they got like 15 free hours out of me. So that should be the case. But hey, if it works out, we're going to add them to the payroll. I mean, that's just <laughs> the way it works. I never ask anybody to work for free. If they offer it up, I'll, I'll give it a go. And Louie wanted the on-screen experience. And I said, you know what? Warren and uh, Alex are two really good people to get on-screen experience with. Because, as I've highlighted before, it is not easy to do a one-hour show by yourself. And Warren and Alex are two of the best that I've ever seen at doing that. Uh, Azo Smiths. <laughs> <laughs> says, I'll never forget Alexa and Nikki for interrupting Aunt Pam before she got to read her poem. Right? right? That's the thing. We got a celebration. Uh, Bailey didn't get to read her poem. Alexa and Nikki interrupt. The Iconics do, too. And then Alexa and Nikki beat her down. It was pretty straightforward. But, yeah, I wanted to hear that damn poem, Warren. I wanted to hear that damn
2: po- that, that goddamn poem, especially <laughs> since... Bailey was wearing the most Karen jacket tonight. Oh, She's leaning into it, isn't she? She really, really is. I, I, I love how she. You know, Sasha was all poise and grace, you know, and championship at the top of the aisle. And then when Bailey came out, she just ran down, screaming in joy. She was elated, taking the taking a selfie with Michael Cole when he was yes. clearly being. It, perfect feud of the year, Bailey versus Michael Cole feud of the year. Um, yeah, like you said, straightforward stuff to the point. Uh, quite unfortunate that one of the challengers of the triple threat got pinned on Raw on Monday. So you know, it's like it's not as if I'm excited for this match uh, on on Sunday. It's not as if I'm like, ooh, ooh there's some real stakes here. I don't know, but uh, but yeah, straightforward. Bailey Bailey again made the seg- made the segment. It's crazy when you think. When you think yeah. I mean Bailey is one of the reasons I I, I I fell in love with NXT and I was I was a huge, huge fan of hers. I was in the crew that was saying there is no way they can mess her up when they bring her up. She's the female John Cena. No way they can mess her up. And they managed to do it. And she but she was a the the babyface face of all the baby faces. It was crazy. And now her heel persona. She's just leaning into it, and she's being great with it. Uh, this is uh, this is legendary material that she's developing right now.
0: Joe Winkle says, "What's up, Hope? All as well been watching every takeover in lockdown. Shame the WWE tag division is so bad in comparison. What's your favorite takeover tag match? Do you have one off the top of your head, Warren? Uh,
2: Undisputed Era versus uh, Mustache Mountain, and I forget at which one." But uh that was two years ago, I want to say. Or was it mm-hmm. – it wasn't last year. I think it was two – that was outstanding, uh, absolutely outstanding.
0: I don't think it was on TakeOver, but there was Undisputed Era against the Revival. Almost all mine are going to be Revival. I just think they are masters. But uh Orlando with AOP, DIY, and Revival was amazing. Uh Just against DIY a couple different times was really good too those are probably uh my favorites. They I thought that they were just they brought back tag team wrestling for me. Yeah. So I was very happy about that. Reminder guys, you can still get in your super chats. We just got a big one for throwback. He said, "I'd work for free for Fightful." It has been documented. I I think you're like paying to work effectively. I gave you the mod wrench even. It's like, "Well, If this guy screws us over as a mod, it's just like the L you got to take type of thing. Uh, But he says, with a triple threat for the women's title happening, or uh, do you hope the wait is over, that Bailey Sasha happens, or is it like a kid being promised a new toy and not getting it broken promises or hopeful too much? I think eventually this... This split happens when Bailey stops helping Sasha when she could. I, I really think she should get overwhelmed. And then I think we do go to that match. I think we finally get it, Warren. But that is so easy for me to say right now. Maybe not, because it's been three straight years of me joking. Wait till SummerSlam. Do you think we're getting this?
2: Probably. But I have, a, I have an idea for it, but I think I'm going to keep it for for our predictions. But I do have sure. a I, – like, I do believe that the tag titles
0: are going to be the impetus of the split. Let's DGMC says, I'm here for a Warren rant, and I was not disappointed. Hey, when you see those, I'm telling you, give him to him on his Thursday show. Give him to him on his Thursday show. Joe Winkle says, saw someone on Twitter pitching that Sasha and Bailey will end up like KO and Y2J. Why is my name on the list with the poem?
2: Oh, that would have been good. Oh, damn. That
0: would damn. have been good. Azo Smith says, I need to keep asking for the number of Sasha's stylist because I can't get enough of these outfits. She's a mid mid to late 20s fashionable girl. I get the feeling she's probably making those calls on her own. Yeah. Evan Wright says, Jake Hager versus Bailey in a poem off who wins. I'm going to go Hager because he's got more experience. He's the crafty veteran, Warren.
2: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, yes, and he can. Uh, uh, he has the. Uh, he's able to to perform at the same time as well. You know, it's not just a read. Like there's, he invests himself into his poetry.
0: And as for the Bailey versus Sasha thing, yeah, throwback. I think it finally happens. I hate that it couldn't happen in your neck of the woods, legitimately, because every year it has made sense more. The first year in Brooklyn, the second year when Bailey came or Sasha came back, this year in Boston, I hate. That it doesn't happen there. Uh, but, ah, oh, what a bummer. Uh, also, I thought a bummer was this main event. Heavy Machinery and Braun Strowman against Ziggler, Miz, and Morrison. That Braun Strowman promo backstage sucked so bad. Right? Who told him to start adding INGs on his word? <laughs> when I am in the ring wrestling... I'm like, oh my God, man, I know you don't talk like that. I've heard you I've interviewed you man I, I we talked about your crocs. I know how you talk. This is not the guy that got over. no, oh no uh
2: yeah and and I, you kind of feel that they tried to re, recapture some of the magic you know by flipping the van last week, but it, it ain't it, man that this The Braun Strowman that got over didn't, didn't cut promos. He ran in and wrecked stuff. He tore down rigging onto Brock Lesnar, almost killing him. That's, that's the Brock Lesnar, the, the, the Braun Strowman that we fell in love with. Not this guy. I'm sorry.
0: So he tells Otis and Tucker they better not try anything. Tucker is backstage reunited with Otis and helping him sharpen his senses. That was the highlight of all this for me is when Mandy Rose kissed a blindfolded Otis. And Otis said, I uh, appreciate the motivation, Tuck, but... (laughs) And in the match, the highlight was Tucker catching Morrison with a midair power slam. And I hated it when Corbin showed up on the screen and Tucker's got Ziggler over his head and he just lets him down. Why not finish the slam? It's it's literally more effort to lightly set him down. I don't know. But Otis attacked Baron Corbin and returns to the ring, dances around. Braun throws the heels around and they get the Caterpillar on Ziggler and that's it. This should not have been the main event segment.
2: This was your go-home segment. This is how we decided to end the SmackDown heading into Backlash with... Uh, with no heat on the heels, with everyone just standing there, standing tall, just like uh, it's like the end of a house show. Sean, it was ridiculous. Uh, what I even found more ridiculous is uh, when when Otis did end up attacking Mandy. I don't know if you noticed, but at, there was like some some static in the picture, like the, the the image flickered, and then Mandy sort of disappeared. So they had to reshoot this for some reason. I didn't. It feels like the Baron Corbin and Otis, Baron Corbin and Otis together, kind of yeah. uh, kind of implies a lot of reshoots. I don't know what's going on. But by, by the way, no
0: hacker again this week. So
2: no hacker again this week. You know, I guess uh, I guess CM Punk turned them down.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Matthew Garrett said, "Did Braun's shirt have a Confederate flag on the back by the neck? I would be shocked. I would be shocked. I would have to go back and look, but I'd probably not." Jamie Aguilar says, Riddle needs to win the Universal title off Braun. That'd be a hell of a way to introduce him. But he does debut next week. That's good. I'm excited for that. But, yeah, I mean, you're going to sit here and tell me. uh, Like, I'm going to sit here and say, no, Matt Riddle shouldn't be the top guy. I think he should be the top guy. I think he's super marketable. Joe Winkle says, thanks for reading out. Uh, Rare live watch, the first time chatting in it. Warren, I think Undisputed Air versus uh, Mustache Mountain was on the Brooklyn 4 card, he says.
2: That sounds about right. Yes, correct. It was amazing. They had they had one in the UK. Uh, yeah, so I think it was 2018 because they had one in the UK. On that weekend, they did the um, the UK Championship Tournament. And then they had one later. The, yeah, that's right. Booklet, that sounds right. Correct, correct, correct.
0: So let's go ahead and do it. We're going to make our predictions. Uh, guys, if any of you have sent a super chat and I have missed it, just pass it along again, type some little stars next to it, and I'll make sure that those get answered. Because we had a ton today. Throwback with another monster super chat. And he said, they need to let Braun be Braun. Let him, to be how, let him be how he was in the Mixed Match Challenge. Funny and personable. Not reading BS like a robot. He has personality. Let him use it. This and Viking, uh, prophet, Vikings and Prophets, God. And the hacker should show up and flip and force people's hands. Yeah, the, they had a good thing with, with the hacker, I thought. Mm-hmm. They had something nice, something cool. And I, I'm bummed about that. As for Braun, yes. A few years ago, me and Alex were like, this is the guy. This guy that's flipping shit over, that's destroying stuff, is the guy. The guy. And him a mixed match challenge showed that he could be all those things that WWE loves out of their champion. Cause you know, you got, Drew McIntyre reading off little jokes now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Gonna poke a little fun at you there, buddy. Like those. Okay. Yeah, they gotta let Braun be himself. It's so frustrating to see that. Uh, Big thank you to Throwback again, guys. If you all aren't checking out his podcast on Tuesday, do that. He's starting out. Give him positive feedback. Give him uh, constructive criticism. All that stuff. The guy is eager to learn and eager to get better, and I admire that. Follow him at Throwback978 on Twitter. We also have Evan Wright saying, main event was real bad stuff. Tuckered me out. You son of a bitch. Oh,
1: uh, You bravo. son of a
0: bitch. And you paid me in Canadian? How dare you? Rob Wilkins said, I picked a hell of a day to start drinking apple juice again. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, let's make these backlash predictions. We're going to say New Day versus Nakamura and Cesaro happens. Even if it doesn't, New Day are going to win this, I think. Agreed. Up next, Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus. I think Jeff Hardy's going to win. They brought him back, they gave him all the, the vignettes and all that stuff. I think he'll win again. Yeah, yes,
2: because because they're they're booking Sheamus like Baron Corbin, so so yeah, uh, he's going to he's going to lose. Or you know, they might do they might that's it, they might book him like Baron Corbin and then have him win these matches like random out of nowhere, uh which doesn't make sense, but my gut says Jeff Hardy. I agree.
0: We had the greatest wrestling match of all time, and I think Orton's gonna hit him in the nutsack and win, maybe. But what do you think? I, I hope
2: you know what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping for a punt. That's That'd what I'm cool. hoping for. You know that to edit around it, it, it. yeah. Because uh, if you if you want to if you want to end up with uh, going full full on throwback with, with the with the the history that these two guys have in the company, well, that's what you do, you know. And Orton's a dirty player. He's had this ridiculous move that that was banned effectively, you know. I think it would be good. But I, I, I think I think Orton is going to win, uh, whereas the quality of the match goes, I don't know. We'll see.
0: Apollo Crews against Andrade, U.S. title, I think Apollo retains. Yeah, Apollo has to retain. Otherwise,
2: otherwise WWE's just proven me right again that there's no point in getting behind an Apollo cruise push um, because there's been, it's been start stop so often. And then he disappears off TV and then he jobs. Then, Oh, we're going to give it another shot. Oh, I'm sick of that.
0: Considering the creative shift though, it might not be a surprise to see somebody else win. We'll see. Oscar defends against Nia Jax. I have a bold prediction here. Charlotte flair.
2: Charlotte flair wins. Yeah. You think they're going to toss her into the? Uh, I think to, they sh- I
0: think they should. Well, the look, whole talk is, oh, she doesn't deserve. She doesn't deserve. I think that's like almost her gimmick now. Is that she doesn't yeah. deserve it, and she keeps getting it. And I would just roll with the hot hand there. Oh God! I, I mean, it it,
2: it, it cause causing an extreme meltdown on the internet. It'd be fantastic. Uh, makes sense too because I, when I was talking about Robert the past couple of weeks, I was like, Hey, you know, there, there's a lot of talk of Sh- Asuka and Charlotte these past couple of weeks, but don't y'all remember that Asuka is feuding with Nia Jax? Because it kind of feels like Nia Jax is feuding with Kyrie Sane at yeah. this point. Uh, the match is a bit of a non entity on that, uh, on that front. You know what? I'd be okay with it too. I'm, I, I'm, Honestly, I think Asuka should retain. But yeah. you know, if if Charlotte gets thrown into the mix, it it'd definitely add to the stakes, for sure.
0: Yeah, and I think Asuka went beating her for the title again at SummerSlam would be a really good idea. Or or just whenever. Mm-hmm. Bailey and Sasha Banks against AI conics and Bliss Cross Applesauce. I think Bailey and Sasha retain. I think when they lose it, they'll lose it to an NXT team. I just don't know who that team will be. But I think there's also I would say some money in Bailey and Sasha coming back to NXT. But I think there that's I think that's a topic I would want broached before that that sure. tag team is up. What do you think?
2: Um, well, you see, they're they're going to be facing the 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 champions are going to be facing Tegan Knox and Shotzi Blackheart on Wednesday. So honestly, I would really like to see Sasha and Bailey in that position. That would be a match I'd really like to see. Mm-hmm. That being said, I think. I think the Iconics should beat them. I think it's cool that you get wrestlers who have another set of wrestlers number. You know, like, they're maybe they – because the Iconics lost all sorts of matches, but somehow they can always beat Sasha and Bayley and that would be frustrating. But then you, this is where you can call off the story. This is where – this is where the, you can break Sasha and Bayley up because then they could show up on SmackDown next Friday – and yeah. Bailey turns to Sasha, and she's mad because let's say Bailey or Sasha gets pinned, so Bailey gets mad at Sasha, and saying you ruined this opportunity. You you know you you've been holding me back, and Sasha's like, "Yo, I have been defending you, watching your back for months now since you've had that championship. I think this is where it it, it breaks apart. It would make perfect sense at this point.
0: Yes, yeah, so I, I kind of like the idea of. Them maybe even dropping the titles next Wednesday, and if not, you know WWE loves to do it. They love to run it back. A no contest, and then they run oh, it sure, back. Sure, <laughs> just sure get... of course, that's what they do. Braun is beating Miz and Morrison. There ain't no chance that he doesn't come on. No, there's no question.
2: I just I hope that that Miz and Morrison are able to are, are able to pull out uh, all the creativity that those two dudes have. To make this a fun match, because it's not going to be—it's not going to be your work rate five star in the Tokyo Dome match. It's going to be an entertain. It's going to be some sports entertainment.
0: Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley. I'm going with Drew, but with you know everybody saying, "Oh, well, Paul being demoted means that he's going to be managing Brock Lesnar imminently." I don't think that's the case. I just think that's their way of saying Paul Heyman's still affiliated with WWE guys. Yeah. Yes. So I think that Drew McIntyre should win this. I mean, the numbers that he does individually are pretty good. He gets a lot of positive attention. So I would I would probably rock with I uh, not probably. I would go with Drew. But uh how do you feel about this one? I agree.
2: Um Drew is clearly the the better uh he's he's rocking the world championship level title much better than 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 Braun is uh, and uh uh I I I'm surprised at how easily he's leaned into his role as a top guy. He's fantastic. Uh, and he's been having some great matches too. Let's underscore that. It's just a shame that they're mm. finally deciding to unleash Bobby Lashley. And he's going to hit a wall here. Unless unless this feud extends. Because cause when you look at the card on, on WWE.com, right now the main event is the greatest match ever and you know usually the the championship match at the end they like to finish it on a positive note they like to finish it on something fun so it does leave open if 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 the if the universal excuse me if the WWE championship match is not the last match on the card it sort of opens possibilities up for some shenanigans for a dusty finish or whatever um i just i i kind of feel bad for bobby lashley cuz i feel that they're finally doing something interesting with him uh and gonna kinda hit a
0: wall here. Drew Nicholas says I had a theory that WWE dropped the hacker angle because the anonymous hacker Twitter saying they would leak info about Trump. Hope I'm wrong. I don't think so. Um I'll hmm. ask though. I mean that's that's an interesting theory, but I don't think that's it. Sitting on my bed says what are some good carry and cross matches to watch from before NXT? Uh watch him and John Moxley at, at Future Stars of Wrestling. Uh, that's a that's a pretty solid one to go about. Uh, he, um, I think his first blood match with Eddie Edwards last year was, was very interesting. Uh, Davey Boy Smith Jr. against Killer Cross at, I think it was Bloodsport last year. Those are the ones that I would seek out because a lot of people had no idea that Killer Cross could work the way that he could until the Davey Boy Smith Jr. match at Bloodsport. Those are, those are a couple I would check out because... I just thought he was generic, muscly guy before that, and I couldn't have been more wrong. Uh, he is real good. Throwback twenty seven says, "Ha ha, throwback pun." There's too much hype for Orton and Edge that it could end up like Cole versus Dream and be disappointing. I was hopeful and curious, but disappointed at the end. I was too. I I had heard all this stuff about Dream and Cole, and it was being filmed in a unique set and all this stuff, the cinematic elements. It just wasn't there for me. And Edge versus Orton, at least they're self aware. Warren, they're out there making fun of it. And Orton said, "Tune in and either watch the greatest wrestling match ever, or watch us shit the bed." Hmm. They're very self aware of it, and I really appreciated
2: uh, Edge earlier this week talking about how, how he's having the greatest cup of coffee uh, yeah. ever and stuff like that. They have to be. I mean, they have to be laughing about this, you know, and being like appreciating the absurdity of what's being presented as as their as their hype right they have to be um and it yeah the self-awareness it helps a bit but it's you know it's still stupid on wwe's part but it helps
0: now i have not fact checked this but somebody sent me a message saying the piss throwing was edited off the west coast version of smackdown damn Uh, throwback 27 wraps us up on super chats by saying, Braun wins with The Fiend showing up. Do you think that could happen? I do think that could happen. I wouldn't do that if I were WWE, but the fact that you say that, uh, pretty much highlights to me that that's probably how WWE's gonna think. Let's, okay, we've, we've got a couple months off from The Fiend. Let's, or a month off. Let's put him right back in the title picture because that's their MO, Warren. They put him in the title picture when he doesn't need to be one.
2: Exactly well, I mean they did they did heavily lean into the idea that the fiend was coming for Braun, right Bray Wyatt took some time off to go spend with his newborn, which yes. is fantastic uh so yeah I kind of I kind of see that I kind of see the, the 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 fiend popping up trying to slaughter uh Bray Wyatt. I'm clear that's mm-hmm. uh, clearly that's where they're gonna go and honestly at this point, take the belt off of Bray it's, it's not doing Bray any good it's kind of boring. Uh, you know, even if Bray Wyatt slash The Fiend doesn't need the belt, uh, at least at least it'll be in some entertaining segments.
0: Guys, thank you all so much for all the Super Chats. Throwback especially. You are always so generous to us tonight. Friday has turned into one of our biggest Super Chat nights. I can't tell you how important that is to us. Uh, Google AdSense really messed with us this month on our, our web stuff, so we're making, like, nothing from web traffic right now. So the fact that you all are so generous during our shows... Means a lot. Uh, make sure you all check out Warren on his channel. But he'll be back here hosting with Louis Dangor on Wednesday along with Alex Palowski as well. But Warren, let the people know where they can uh, check you out.
2: YouTube.com slash Hayes, Live show every Thursday evening, 9 p.m., where I wrap up the show. And I'm doing a prediction show tomorrow morning on the channel, 11 a.m. If you want to come check that out live. It would be my pleasure. We're going to go a lot more in-depth yes. into a predictions and previews for Backlash on Sunday.
0: I always encourage you guys to check out his prediction shows. When we do our predictions here, anywhere from two to maybe six, seven minutes, Warren and the people that he have on go way, way, way in-depth in the how, why, maybes, maybe nots. Make sure you guys check that out. If you're watching here live, thumbs up, subscribe, share the video. All that stuff really helps. Leave a comment If he can subscribe to Fightful Select until next time we're out.